0: My lovely audience, you welcome to the Doctor Beth Podcast, an Afrocentric, economic, social cultural and empowerment podcast just for you. And I'm your soul sister Doctor Beth, a woman on a mission for Great Africa, a multi dimensional being having a human experience, here to thrive, not to survive, wonderfully and fearfully created the original. And not the duplicate. Do not walk alone. Love guide me. Not fear. I'm here to raise the frequency and the vibration and to bring you, my lovely audience, good energy. In all that you do, let love guide you. Not fear. Because fear is the greatest vampire of energy. I love you all. Especially you. Salutations à tous mes bienvenue au podcast du Dr. Bev. My lovely audience, in all that you do, one more time, let love guide you, not fear. Because fear, as I always tell you, is the greatest vampire of energy and that will take away your joy. So let's love always reign supreme. Today's episode, it's hot potatoes. It's a segment brought to us by kind courtesy of Jumia Global, strategic Afrocentric marketing, sustainable organic agricultural project, great Africa Women Empowerment Project, Concept, Products and Promotion Equipment Limited, Black Bastards Agribusiness and the Dr. Beth's World of Fragrance. These are the proud sponsors of this episode, Hot Potatoes. My lovely audience, without wasting much time, Let's go straight to have some hot potatoes.
1: The <laughs> Time is now that we must begin to ensure that we de-dollarize our economy. The Americans don't want to hear this. To de-dollarize our economies. Because as long as our economies are dollarized, it means that the externalities are affecting our very being. Right now in Kenya, if you want dollars, they can't give you more than $5,000. The same in Ghana. And when we do that, whichever currency we create will stand toe-to-toe with the American dollar. Then you will talk about trade. The time is now that we must begin to interrogate the role of banks which were meant to be pan-Africa, such as the African Development Bank. I know many of you now know the second largest investor in the African Development Bank, paradoxically and ironically, is the United States of America. And the other one, of course, is Japan. African Development Bank. During the appointment of their last head, the Americans even wanted to veto his appointment, African Development Bank. Institutions such as the African Development Bank must now be made to be true African Development Bank that relates with other banks from a position of strength. If we do so, ladies and gentlemen, then the central banking that you are talking about will be central banking that informs the African environment. Let us not wait for Europe and America to give us terminologies in the financial sector. I heard it being said, KYC, know your customer. If tomorrow Europe and America comes up with another acronym, you'll now begin to change. I'm suggesting that we must begin to churn out some of these terms that are relevant to our own circumstances. Kwame Nukuruma was right 60 years ago when he said, if you are not economically and financially independent, then the independence you are talking about is of no value. He was right when he said, that Africa will only be truly independent if she controls our resources and our banking sectors. He was right when he said that Africans must harmonize their financial policy. He was right. When he said that Africa will only begin to be respected if her finances are controlled by her, he was right when he said that in financial relations in the world the rule is still the law of the jungle, survival of the fittest and the dying of the least suitable. Ladies and gentlemen, I beg to stop in the knowledge that I have annoyed and irritated you sufficiently. So that you may ask such questions as are necessary. I know they will want to control me, but I want to be asked questions. (laughs) So can I be asked some questions? And I even accept if you disagree with me, but in an agreeable manner. (laughs) All right, if I may just control you for two seconds. So we have a system here. Yes. The questions come
2: via WhatsApp. So we haven't um, given
0: our delegates that option. So I'm going to suggest you're all sitting in
1: front of microphones. Just by a show of hands, who's ready to ask Prof a question and who has the courage to do it personally without hiding behind the WhatsApp line? N- yes, ma'am. See, it always takes a woman. But so what we can do is let's take some questions from the floor whilst uh, the organizers generate the WhatsApp number. And then what will happen, Prof, when those questions come up, I'll notify you and you can read them off the monitor in front of you. There we go. Thank you. Go. Yes, just keep your on it.
2: Just keep your on it.
3: Oh, okay. Um, thank you, Prof. Uh, I agree with you totally.
1: But how do we address the basics, the fundamentals, such that we all move together? Because assuming we wanted a common currency, where do we start? How do we do it? Where do we, How do we get the political
3: will? How do we win ourselves from the dependency?
1: Thank you. Well, thank you. I can answer that? I think some effort is already in place. You remember in West Africa, they already had come up with a currency called the eco, which currency was supposed to do away with the CFA franc. And it was imagined at that time, as it must be, that the largest economy in that region, which is the Nigerian economy, would be the anchor economy, because you need an anchor economy. So Nigeria was going to be the economy that would ensure that uh, they anchor that economy. But as you know, and this you know better than I, when you want to have a common currency, there are certain, uh, there's a litmus test to it. You just don't say, today we have a common currency. There are certain fundamentals that you've got to really move and and, and tick before you join. And the European Union model is a model that we can borrow from. We saw what uh, they did with Greece, I think, in the early days. They did that with uh, Italy. They did that with Spain. They did that with Portugal. And when they were satisfied that they had reached a certain standard, then they were admitted. And I think there are quite a number of countries that are in the waiting list. And this is one of the things that we thought would happen. But what happened with the ECO? Immediately the French intervened. And the French went to Côte d'Ivoire, and that is the political will that you're talking about. And that has been torpedoed. But to me, that is not something that should worry us. I believe that uh, there is still a willingness to do it. So what I'm saying is that you start regionally. And if you start regionally in the context of the Africa continental trade area, then you begin to move in that direction. In FADAC, you see that the anchor economy is South Africa. And I believe that certain payments are already being settled in the rand. And if you do that, then in countries such as, my, uh, where there is Maloti and Pula, those young, smaller economies would then be gravitating toward the rand. And then you have 14 countries with a single currency. You come to the East African community where we are now saying that we are going to have a currency by the year 2024. It will not happen. The indices are not there. And, but, but it's a good idea. We ought to have had a common currency by the year 2014. And we had it before. So we move in the East African community in that regard. Then we move in the West. So ultimately you'll have five currencies. And in 50 years' time, and let us be realistic, then you can move towards a single currency. And you bankers and the economists know that that can happen. But the most important thing is political will. And also remember... There are people who do not want Africa to have a common currency. Do you think the United States of America, even when they smile, they want you to have a common currency? No. Do you think the Chinese will want you to have a common currency? No. Do you think the Indians will want you to have a common currency? No. But it is in our best interest that you say this is what we are going to do because it is going to make us better trading partners. Because there must be something. We are not living in this world alone. We tell them, if we do it in this way, then we are going to trade with you better. Our systems, our currencies are not going to be susceptible to to vagaries which they are when we are little countries. And, and I think that if we are convicted and we persuade ourselves, then we can persuade the rest. So I think this is work in progress. And when you think about these things, and I conclude with this, I think it is now realistic to think intergenerationally. Don't think that it will be achieved in your lifetime. But if it does, then well and good. It can be done, and it must be done. Thank you for that. Every country does what is in their best interest. You who are here and are from Africa, in front of whom there are African flags, are you doing it for your countries? Are you doing it for your countries? Or you are going through the motions? Is this just yet another workshop? which will lengthen your curriculum vitae because this is serious business. You who are bankers, you ask me to talk about corruption, I refuse to talk about corruption because that is the stereotypical narrative that is used to undermine the confidence of Africa. Corruption is manufactured from outside. There was a time when the French, when they are dealing with Africa, then corruption was considered as a business expense. And the money that is derived from corruption is kept in Guernsey and those other islands where there are no taxes. It's not in Africa. Switzerland is the home of all corrupt money in the world until very recently. Yet, when you see the Swiss, do you think they are angels freshly baked from heaven? <laughs> and yet, all African kleptocrats keep their money in Switzerland, midwifed by yourselves, who are in the banking sector. Because this money is not carried in lorries. It passes through your banking systems, in numbered accounts, or some other media, through your banking system. What are you doing about that? I'm suggesting to us that you African bankers who are present here, there is corruption, but it takes two to tango, if you allow me to use that cliché. And therefore, on an occasion such as this, as we look to Africa and look to use our resources for our benefit, and as we talk about Africa being present in a globalized world, we must begin to understand and to define these globalized terms in a manner that addresses our key interests as African continent. And I'm not suggesting for one moment that we exclude ourselves from the world we are part of the world but yet there is a sense in which we must look at the local realities and do that which is in our best interest former president of the United States of America Ronald Reagan once said and I agree with him America does what is in her best interest unapologetically do I begrudge them no do we Africans do what is in our best interest you know, we must now begin to do what is in our best interest. If Standard Bank is in South Africa or in any of our countries, we as central bankers in those countries. Do we make them do things that are in our best interest? Even as they want to make profit? Or we say it was registered 167, 66 years ago. or oh, it can do no wrong ladies and gentlemen you are doing a great job but despite the best intention of the best of you given the international economic and financial architecture you will never make africa realize her potential until pigs fly and the last time i checked they are not just about to fly Which means, therefore, that we must go to the basics. And what are the basics? Ha Jun Chang, in his book The Bad Samaritan, appears to make prescriptions which I think are commendable. He says... That if you look at the history of all the countries in the West, at critical times in their growth, they did certain things that immunized them from external vagaries. Do we do so in Africa? No, we don't. If you look at China, which is now rising, and India, which are now rising, they ring-fenced a few things for their own benefit. Do we in Africa do so? No, we don't. If you look at the emerging Arab countries, which you now see the Emiratis or the Bahrainis or Burunei or Darussalam, you can see they do that. If you look at little Singapore, they are doing that. Do we? No, we don't. We still wait for the almighty IMF to tell us things. And then we say, Oh, almighty IMF and World Bank, we have heard you. When IMF sneezes, our economies goes into a coma. When we want to test our economies, who do we go to? Moody's. Depending on how moody moody's are, our economies are equally moody. (laughs) When we want to measure our economies, which indices do we use? GDP. Ladies and gentlemen, the time is now, therefore, for us to begin to assess what it is that we must do as I conclude. And I'm suggesting that the time is now for African central banks to begin to work intimately with organizations such as SADC, initially, with organizations such as East African Community or ECOWAS, for the purpose of beginning to harmonize our economies and having regulatory frameworks that enable trade to happen in a seamless way. The time is now for African central banks to begin to work closely with the African Union under the aegis of the Africa Agenda 2063 as a necessary facilitator to Africa continental free trade area that we must begin to do things that are going to inform the African agenda within the African economic and financial ecosystem.
3: (laughs) I'll hear when that's <laughs> the name was <laughs> what's all by
0: that was a real hot potato the professor has said it all nothing more to add that was professor PLO Lulumba addressing governors of central banks he has said it all. Nothing more to add. That draws a curtain on today's Hot Potatoes episode, a segment that is to talk about hot issues affecting Great Africa directly and indirectly. Hot Potatoes. Today's Hot Potatoes was brought to us by kind courtesy of Jumia Global, Strategic Afrocentric Marketing, Sustainable Organic Agricultural Project, Great Africa Women Empowerment Project, Concepts, Products and Promotion Equipment Limited, Black Busters Agri-Business and the Dr. Beth's World Fragrance. I'd like to say a very big thank you to you for your time and for joining us and for sharing the Dr. Beds podcast. I just want to say much thanks and appreciation to you all. My lovely audience, in all that you do, let love guide you. Not fear, because fear is the greatest vampire of energy. I love you all. S Est- Picturely you.
4: Bobbing, in
3: your Chandler, I know when know If the minister, if the minister,
2: if
3: the
4: Africa